Hi, everybody. My name is Thomas. I'm Amber. And I'm Patrick. And this week on So What Happens Next Small Screens, we once again go on a most excellent adventure while we cover Bill and Ted's excellent or bogus trilogy. Once again, Patrick is joining us in the studio to cover Bill and Ted, all of them. How are you doing today, Patrick? It's going. It's a, it's a good day. It's a weekend. Yeah. Tell me about it. How about you, Amber? How are you doing today? Pretty good. It's a weekend. Well, it's, um, <laughs> is there a fucking echo in here? <laughs> weekend, weekend, weekend. <laughs> but yeah, so if you guys caught our episode last week, the three of us rejoined together to take on the recently released Bill and Ted Face the Music. It got some pretty high marks from us. Uh, and, you know, it's a solid movie. Go check it out. Go check our episode out. Honestly, can't can't recommend it enough, especially during the whole pandemic thing. You're stuck at home. Why not watch something really wholesome? But that is only a third of what we're talking about today. We are just going to be talking about the Bill and Ted Series. I hesitate to call it franchise, even though there was a cartoon that came out. <laughs> yep. I, let's let's we'll keep we're keeping it to the movies. <laughs> I don't. I want to say I've seen parts of the cartoon when I was really young. Couldn't remember a bit of it, but I just remember it being a cartoon. So yeah, jumping into this, I guess let's start with you, Amber. So Amber here has never seen until this past couple weeks. Any of the Bill and Ted movies? Well, Her, way to shame me. I'm not shaming you. <laughs> yeah, it sounds it's like putting it. you in. It's putting you in a really interesting position, right? Because for Patrick and I, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, Patrick, but but you and I watched these growing up. We saw the first two anyway when, yeah. we, when we were young, so we had the mixed Keanu experience here. <laughs> Amber, who as we talked a little bit about in our last episode was kind of, you know, Keanu Reeves is Neo or John Wick, this action star. And then you're presented with Ted. (laughs) (laughs) So, Amber, just out the gate, what is your opinion on the Bill and Ted movies, you know, as a whole? Do you have any thoughts about this? Not just Keanu Reeves. I mean, other people are in it. But, you know, what, what, what are your thoughts on these films? Like, having watched them for the first time recently. I think there's a lot that I missed in my childhood. (laughs) That's that's what I feel like. (laughs) In a good way or a bad way? (laughs) Kind of in a bad way because, again, like other people have seen Bill and Ted. They're just like, you haven't seen that? And I'm like, nope. Like, (laughs) (laughs) Well, are you happy you you caught up, so to speak? Yeah, eventually I did 20 years later. But I think it's definitely, like, it's a pleasant surprise because there have been other movies that you have shown me, like, from the 80s or 90s, and it was like, ooh, like, I didn't really like them. I was, I'll I'll admit, everybody listening, I was scared, like, in our lost episodes. Yeah, like, the Blues Brothers, I will never understand that film. Yep, that, 
a sad a sad piece of so what happens next history we had a whole episode on the blues brothers and then i built a new computer and we lost it before we got the chance to release it so that's the unfortunate reality of the lost blues brothers episode but it made me kind of nervous because when amber watched that blues brothers is like one of my favorite movies and she was definitely like she said not thrilled but i do have to say when we sat and watched this, I don't. I was like so surprised and happy because you were like roaring with laughter during that first <laughs> one. <laughs> but Patrick, what 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 were your thoughts on on the Bill and Ted kind of series as a whole? Well, I think it, they tried to push out the second one too quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, following the first one and tried to do too much instead of just tried to do maybe as little as they did in the first one and then you know a medium between the first and the third one and the second one didn't hit that at all it was i didn't really enjoy it that much i was very disappointing yeah i have to say the first watching them again recently this is very much a one three two situation for me two definitely tried to go bigger in a lot of ways and I think it makes the movie a bit cluttered not necessarily bad but it doesn't really hit that mark that the first one did and I think I agree Patrick I mean these movies came out within like two years of each other and I think it could use a little bit more time to sort of flesh out Mm -hmm. so I guess you know for those of you who haven't watched Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure Bogus Journey or Face the Music what are you doing listening to this episode um, <laughs> pause it right now and, and go go watch these three films. They are 90 minutes a pop. Uh, it's a great way to spend, you know, a couple days. It's fine. But these movies basically involve two sort of, you know, 80s... I don't want to call them losers. They're just kind of dopes. Like, they're, they're just dopes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, played by Alex Winter, who plays Bill, and Keanu Reeves, who plays Ted. And they, the first movie is them using a time machine to finish a history assignment because if they are split up, Ted's dad wants to send him to military school because he fails, fails regular high school. If they are split up, then the amazing future that George Carlin comes from doesn't happen because their music is supposed to unite the world. Mm-hmm. The second one sort of elaborates a bit on this where they're still kind of washed up they're not really in school and though the future still happens this bad guy from the future sends robot versions of Bill and Ted to the past to kill them to change history mm-hmm. uh, and then the third one and you know spoilers for the latest Bill and Ted spoilers for all of them but like two of them have been out for over 30 years almost, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but spoilers for Bill and Ted 3 the future is falling the universe is falling apart because Bill and Ted still haven't figured it out Mm -hmm. and you know they have to find the song that unites everyone together and they've been trying and trying to write it and not only is that not working out but their marriage isn't their lives are just kind of not working yeah everything else in between but you know in each one they resolve the problem and the future is restored which is again I said it last week but such a great resolution to just have it be done yeah. like the end of yes. the third movie we're done we are not making a Bill and Ted expanded universe or something where now we're gonna watch their daughters <laughs> run around time with, 
Like, no, we are just, we finished it in a really great way, and it's it's done. I mean, the last thing I want is this to become a franchise. Oh, my God. You know, and that's why I hesitate to call it that, because, I mean, it's three movies, they're there, they're done. It's cool. But, yeah, so I think I'm safe to say everybody in this room is, like, Excellent Adventure is the the favorite. Yeah. Of the three. Yeah. So, Patrick, what about... What about Excellent Adventure makes it sit above all three of these movies, or above the other two? Like, it's it's clear that Bogus Journey is a bit bogus, and it's generally known to be the weaker of the first two movies. But what exactly makes Excellent Adventure so much better, like, in and of itself? You know, that's a good question. I, It's tough because at that time, they didn't really... Well, actually, no, they hit the stereotypes for that time period. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing I liked about the most and what put ahead was the people they pulled from history weren't all the greatest people from history. Like yeah. the one I, I specifically point out is Billy the Kid. Yeah. You know, what he compared to so, so great Abraham Lincoln, um, Napoleon, Beethoven, Napoleon, you know, why would, why did they pull him? Um, so I think it, I like that it kind of reached there for that. And yeah. I, I think just, the idea of bringing people from different history periods to what life was like then in the United States, the mall experience that they had. I mean, yeah. at Waterloo. Oh, <laughs> I think it was just the ideas were just very unique, and that's why I think I loved about it. Yeah, Amber, what, what did you, especially you know, as someone in 2020 watching this for the first time, what really grabbed you about Excellent Adventure? I think I liked the format of the movies, uh, similar to what Patrick said, but having like these little historical like presentations on the characters Mm -hmm. um so having like napoleon like billy the kid and all these other characters (laughs) coming back to the present with them (laughs) i loved abraham lincoln at the end because again he is the real abraham lincoln but yeah (laughs) (laughs) but i just loved like how they you know, went back to the past, they grabbed everybody, and then they had their final project, which was amazing. Like, even in real life, obviously this wouldn't happen, but even in real life, you could have people like that who just kind of, like, act out, like, certain characters, and it would be just as good. So, it kind of reminded me of, like, at school, what it would actually, like, be like, and it's just kind of like, I don't know, I feel like it's something you would see on like PBS or something yeah like okay. oh yeah. the adventures of Bill and Ted like you know if you take out the few like derogatory terms that are in there but yeah and the second yeah. one definitely yeah. has but that otherwise it's heavier. super educational and like yeah <laughs> but it was surprisingly educational in a few ways like I I loved the little attention I didn't notice I've never noticed this until the other night when we watched it but the little attentions to detail that they do, especially with Napoleon, is like his presentation to the crowd is his invasion, his like infamous invasion of Russia. Yeah. And Ted looks at him and he goes, dude, I do not think it will work. And then Napoleon gets angry and is like throwing shit around like yeah. you're a fucking idiot. And it's just hilarious to see Ted go, you know, this, this you know, bozo Ted just be like, I don't think it's going to work. And Napoleon, <laughs> this like military genius, just be like, well, you're a fucking idiot. Like, <laughs> what do you know? And it's like, oh, well, history would like has something to say about that. Yeah, exactly. And I loved, I, I also really have to say, kind of to your point, Patrick, of 
seeing what these historical figures think of San Dimas, California, 1989, was really fun because it sort of, in like a more grand way, kind of humanized these people. Like Socrates, Socrates, if you haven't seen the movie and are still listening to this episode, (laughs) they make a joke where they don't say his name right. It's very funny because even Billy the Kid calls him Socrates. Socrates, yeah. Fantastic. But even Socrates, like, when they go to the mall, everybody is just, like, on the same level. Like, Sigmund Freud is just on the same level as everyone else. They're trying to, like... Pick up girls oh, at the Sigmund mall. Sigmund Freud was great. He's just like, <laughs> let's talk about your. <laughs> no, the no. best Sigmund Freud scene is when they're they're hitting on the two girls, him, Socrates, oh, and Billy yeah. the Kid, I think. And he has the corn dog, and he's like, "How are you all doing today?" And they're like, "Oh, you're such a geek." And like the corn dog visibly goes a uh, limp as he like oh. lowers it down. <laughs> <laughs> like it's little, and it's little things like that where like. Sigmund Freud, Billy the Kid, and Socrates from dramatically different points in time are all just doing the same thing. Like, they're all just people doing whatever, and they're all in a mall doing the same thing. Yeah, and they're all hanging out with each other, like, when they were just like, all right, remember your buddy, and like, you see Socrates and Billy the Kid just, like, hanging out. Or when he pulls a little foam football and they start throwing it back and forth. And then Mozart is in, like, a... Um, music store or whatever mm-hmm. playing on the keyboards and stuff I love how that in that scene like the music store owner is like sir are you a, magi- uh, a musician and he just kind of turns yeah, and like looks like- at him like <laughs> nice little wink to the camera there like it, it, it's just it's a fun movie like it's it's absurd but weirdly like makes sense in the regard of like yeah I feel like if I took Socrates to the future at some point during this time travel adventure, they're just going to be like, yeah, this is sort of what it is. Like, it's fine. Um, and I think it's it's nice because it's also small. I didn't realize that until we watched Bogus Journey, but, like, Excellent Adventure is pretty condensed in and of itself. It doesn't, like, freak out too much to go change the world yeah. or something. Right. And it knows that it's not trying to do that. It knows it's kind of on this certain level of two dudes who have to do a history assignment. Oh, by the way, it saves the world, but there's not... It's not really the point. The point is them just not getting... Two friends yeah. not getting split up. And I liked it because it kept itself small. Even with some of the more like stereotypical things when it came to like, oh, we're at the Wild West and everyone yeah. beat each other up or medieval <laughs> times and they're like, it's a witch! I saw the from the sky! Like, all that nonsense. Um... I totally agree with you, though, Amber. Like, the end of Excellent Adventure is is, is fantastic. Like, just with everybody kind of giving their own little presentation of something. Uh, It was was definitely most excellent indeed. Then we kind of get to the bogus journey. So, And I've been kind of, like, wanting to talk about this one. So, what do you guys... Do you guys have any, like, really outstanding thoughts off straight out the gate on the second of the Bill and Ted movies? Maybe why... We can kind of look at why Bogus Journey didn't sort of rise to the challenge that Excellent Adventure set up. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Patrick? I just, like, I think, like I said before, they tried to do go too big with their thoughts, and instead of staying small, mm-hmm. um, the robots thing, the only good thing about it really was death. I love death. Yeah, death is yeah. great. 
<laughs> death, death really, I think, steals the show in Bogus Journey. Yeah. It's very, like... I remember when I first saw Bogus Journey thinking death was kind of annoying, and now watching him again being like, death is pretty good. Like, death arguably saves some parts of this movie. Like, when they go and meet God. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, yeah. okay, we're doing this. All right, fine. And then he's like, I, I'm sorry. Like, I, I didn't mean to do They, they beat me at Battleship and all the games. And, like, that whole... Honestly, the whole game sequence was, like, probably my favorite part of that yeah. movie. Because he's just like, best two out of three. And they're like, oh, what? And the next thing you know, they're playing Twister and they're playing... You know, they play Battleship, they play Clue, mm-hmm. and it's just like, it was Professor Plum. That's what I said. <laughs> Liar, you said mustard. <laughs> They're like getting so heated about this. Yeah. But Amber, so, you know, again, you saw it first time. What What are your lacking thoughts, I guess, on Bogus Journey here? Oh, the animatronics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lest we forget or suppress, I should say, that horror fest that is like when they're in hell. In Bogus Journey. Oh, my gosh. And we get Ted's personal hell. Bill's makes sense. He's like, nasty grandma coming to kiss him. (laughs) It's fine. You know, especially for kids, like, it's there. Yeah. But with Ted, it's this moving, living bunny that's just like... You upset your brother Deacon, Ted, and it's it's its mouth is moving with the words. Its face is like going in and out. And I'm just like, oh my god! Like one of these is a horror movie, and the other one is yeah. just a lousy childhood experience. And that bunny chasing him down the hallway, like looking oh, worse and yeah. worse. And then there's Station. What is everyone in the room's thoughts on Station? Amber, how about you go first on this one? What, what do you what oh, do you think of Station? Remind me what Station alien? is. <laughs> the aliens that fuse together. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. Because they're like Station, like yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. gotcha. They're weird. Yeah. It's like Jim Henson was just like, oh, let me just put something in there for you. And it's just like, what the hell? Like, well, why I had are this we lying around? I, I, we had this lying around from. Uh, Kermit the Frog here. Uh, we yeah. had this lying around from, from Dark Crystal. We didn't use it. Uh, do you want it? <laughs> That's what it looked like. It was just like, where did you get these from? <laughs> what about you, Patrick? What are your thoughts on, on Station and, and the overall animatronics kind of in this movie? Uh, I mean, the animatronics were horrible. It was, it was actually, they were the horror show was the yeah. animatronics there. Yeah. <laughs> and then Station, I, I think don't, don't think it was necessary. That's I, one of those thoughts that they added that was like, oh, we're gonna try, but yeah, and I don't think it works out. Yeah, as and the goop that they just kind of left, like when yeah. they, yeah, <laughs> oh my gosh, I why was did like, it have to be disgusting? Yeah, I guess is my question. Like, also, if you're gonna make an attempt at some kind of lovable character, it's either fuzzy or it's not. Don't do this like balding turd of a monster. Like yeah. that was really fucking it's weird. Like built. <laughs> well, I think Amber brought up a good point. We were watching it because she's like, "Wait, are they like the only aliens in heaven?" And I'm like, "You know, that's a really good <laughs> like, question. Are other aliens just not cool enough to go to heaven? Are they like somehow more deserving? Like, what's the deal with heaven in this movie? Because Station's the only one." And they kind of seem like uh, 
and I think Bill and Ted 3 sort of makes this reality. It's like, oh, everybody goes to hell. Yeah. <laughs> like when they all die in Bill and Ted 3, it's like, oh, every single one of them went straight to hell. Like Mozart, Jimi Hendrix, the cave yeah. woman, they all, yeah. boom, straight down. Not even wow. one of them got up there. Not even Ling Lu. Yeah. The, the, the flautist. Like they didn't, they didn't go to heaven. It yeah, seemed like, like they were hell. having a hard time getting into heaven when they were in the second movie. But yeah, I don't, I don't like Station. Like, I think I, I thought he was funny when I was a kid. Um, because it's this gleep glop and alien thing. But as an adult, I think I really agree with you, Patrick. Like, he's just kind of unnecessary. Yeah. Like, like we need the smartest person. Like, you really thought the smartest person was going to be a human? Ha. Huh. And it's like... I guess. I don't know. We haven't been introduced to <laughs> we aliens. We could have worked well with now. Einstein. I don't know. Like, yeah. Yeah, it was just kind of weird. Yeah. And I think it probably, you know, Amber, to that point, I think it would have been funnier and kind of more in the tone of these movies if it was Einstein or, yeah. or some genius from the future. Yeah. Because, like, that's kind of what they were doing in the first one. It was like, how do we do this? And you have this cavalcade of historical figures to help them out. You know what these movies kind of remind me of? Um, Night at the Museum. Yeah. Where you have like I a bunch of like, it. yeah, like uh, people, like, because obviously even in here, they still had s- historical figures that like Einstein and stuff like that that were right. still in the movie. Um, and I was just like, oh, like it kind of reminds me of Night at the Museum. They did basically <laughs> the same thing as Bill and Ted. <laughs> yeah, I, I think so too. Yeah. I, I think, though, that they had more fun. It looks like they had more fun making Bill and Ted 2 than Bill and Ted 1. Yeah. And I think a lot of that is just because Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves are playing both the good and bad versions of themselves. Yeah. And you can tell they're really, like, when they're evil, they're just so absurdly evil. And it it works because it's like, yeah, you guys are supposed to suck. And you can tell that they're enjoying it. Yeah. While as the good ones, you know, they're doing the same Bill and Ted thing, but they're like, oh, we got to be heroes, dude. Yeah, I know. And like, <laughs> they continue on from there. I like how we're not, as the sequels go, I like how we get everybody back. Yeah. George Carlin right. is back. The princesses are back. Yeah. You know, we're not just like, yep, that was the one-off romance. <laughs> eh, they broke up or something. No, they're then, so you know? committed. It's, like it's actually kind of funny. It's pretty funny. Like, they're and so like funny, sweet yeah. to them, and I'm just like, dang. Like, <laughs> <laughs> they're like, dude, they're princesses. Like, we what gotta about do something. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's... I actually really like that about these movies, is that the romance is an aspect in an almost like romantic sized way Mm -hmm. where it's just like yeah they love the princesses and that's it there's not like we're not dealing with another yeah you know I think I think Amber you and I talked about this Lord of the Rings the other week because it's like we're not dealing with this annoying like love triangle that just further bloats the movie it's like nope we got bad robots it's not like other movies where it's like you don't ever see that woman again like yeah (laughs) that's what I was yeah that's kind of what I was going they just kind of like they could have easily gone to you know a different like future or past or whatever and found someone else like they could have found someone else in hell yeah (laughs) (laughs) but i liked how they like introduced them as characters and then they're still like reoccurring like throughout the series right 
No, I really like that too. And yeah. I mean, three does a good job with it. Like, yeah, every every the characters, as far as anything's concerned, yeah. are, are back. We're, we're doing the characters again. Yeah. We're cool. No, I I think death saves this movie, and I think in kind of a positive light, I guess, for it being so quick to come after the first one, you do have the ability to say, hey, everybody, come back. It's only been a couple years. Yeah, exactly. You know, I don't think you're too busy. Let's let's all jump in on this. And we do it again, and it's enjoyable. Um, but the, it does have some flaws. And, like, yeah, it does. They kind of lean into the, you know, like derogatory language a little bit more in Bogus Journey. I think there's only one instance of it in the first movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like in this one, they do kind of lean into it a little bit more. And at first, I'm like, "Well, the evil robots who are absurdly evil are throwing it around." But then it kind of comes back around again. I'm like, "Yeah, that didn't age as yeah. well as it could have." Right. But I mean, at the same time, the first one I think has aged pretty well. It's also like a, it kind of reminds me of like a comedic Stranger Things. Yeah. Is because you are actually seeing the 1980s in a 1980s movie, and the whole point of Excellent Adventure is almost like to be this funky little time capsule of the 80s mm-hmm. and go like, hey, look at this, you know, in right. the early 90s, and be like, hey, look at this. Whereas like something like Stranger Things is more of a homage to it. And even the characters themselves, like Bill and Ted, um, like they represent like the time, right? And so there were definitely people who like probably dressed and acted like them. Oh yeah, but they're not like. Again, with the words that he says, like these, these are big words that he just kind of throws on around and I'm just like, okay, he's not really like stupid. Maybe just like not. They have like, a, an amazing vocabulary. Yeah. Sure. Like a little dopey maybe, but like, yeah. again, like you compare that to now and it's like those kids, like, you know, that would dress up like them or whatever. They're definitely like on like smoking weed or yeah, something or like that something. and it sucks because well, automatically you're just too, like oh they can't even like hold a conversation or anything whereas like it's fun to watch like Bill and Ted because yeah. like they're like oh I have an idea like and it actually works or whatever or I have to say I love put that on a really it. good yeah. presentation so yeah, yeah it's just I guess refreshing to see that versus like what I've been seeing especially with the um like a lot of like the TV shows that are coming out that kind of like um circle around like high school students now and it's so bad <laughs> like I'm just like wow everyone's just like doing drugs and like it, yep. yeah it's everyone's doing drugs or fucking each other that's it. <laughs> yeah. whereas this movie I don't even I think Bogus Journey is the only one where they kind of allude to sexual relations and it's it's a point to show you how evil the robots are, right? Yeah, and that's evil. Yeah, and right. it's just like, but like with them, like even in the beginning, they were watching freaking Star Trek I, and just like drinking yeah. beer and talking about yeah. how they need to be better, like for right. their girlfriends. And I'm just like, geez. Like Bill and Ted are, are weirdly wholesome figures yeah. because they're yeah, not they just stupid. Yeah. Right? Like they're not just dumb and they don't just kind of like They fumble. have some sense of responsibility. Right. But it's not even like, that they just fumble into fixing the problem. Yeah. They, like, know what they need to do, yeah. and they do it. It might be wacky and absurd, but, like, <laughs> it's a plan, and they do it, and they achieve it. Yeah. I do, on the Star Trek note, because I can't believe I almost forgot, I <laughs> love the setup for that. Like, I don't know if you noticed this, Patrick, but they're watching the scene in, in an old episode of Star Trek where Kirk fights the Gorn, the big lizard man. Right. And a lot of the old Star Trek was filmed 
just outside LA, like out in the desert, because yeah. it's a cheap sci-fi show. What are you going to do? Where they get killed is that set, <laughs> and they make a point of <laughs> showing right. you the rock formation yeah. that Kirk climbs up, and then they do the exact same shot when they get there with the robots. And I was like, man, that's that's just some attention to detail. I really like. I, they still at least kept that. That was fun. Yeah. Right. But so, like, moving on to the third one, we don't got to go too much into it because we kind of did talk about it on its own last week. But in the context of these two movies, you know, what is there anything you guys like were kind of, you know, watching going, I wish it was more like Excellent Adventure here or maybe even less Bogus Journey there? Like, to kind of put it in context of all these movies, what were you guys sort of feeling with, with Face the Music? I think they blended the two together really well. Yeah. Because in the first one, again, you have all those historical figures uh, that are like represented in the um, in the history project that they do, and then in the second one they go to heaven and hell, and then in the third one it's like they just combine the two basically right. and just to like save the universe. Um, so I thought that was like really cool, like the way that they just took the good parts of like each movie. Yeah. What about you, Pat? Yeah, I'm in agreement with that. Um, I thought they should have owed George Carlin a bit of, bigger, like, little remembrance Same. cameo. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a little disappointed in that. But, um, and I guess the killer robot in the third one. Yeah, you know, we didn't talk odd. about that much. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I feel like I kind of just sort of forgot about. Dennis. Dennis Caleb McCoy. <laughs> I guess he could have just been a regular assassin. He didn't necessarily have to be a robot. Yeah. I you mean, know? I feel like the robot was sort of the callback to Bogus, right? Like, we sent yeah. robots yeah. back. I think I, I think I agree with you a lot. I mean, I agree with you, Amber. They did take sort of the best parts of each one. Like, as a nice callback to them and also as something that actually drives the plot. It's not like the new Star Wars movies where it's like, look, it's Lando Calrissian and he kind of doesn't really do anything. Like, he's just there. But cameo, um, in this it was like, no, going to hell actually serves a purpose. And yeah. And, like, going through time yeah. is serving a purpose. But, Patrick, I think I agree with you on the robot could have just died. Like, he didn't have to go to hell with them. Like, right. if he just, like, blew himself up, I'd be fine with that. Yeah. Like, I'd be fine, like, okay, goodbye, robot. The Terminator bit's done. But then he's, like, not. He's, like, a character. And yeah. I'm like, if this went on any longer, I wouldn't be cool with it. Yeah. And I kind of like how Death sort of, like, shoves him in the I know. Corner. I love yeah. that part. He's just like, you can dance? Go dance over there. <laughs> go practice your dancing with that. And then I think Kristen... When, when Kristen Shaw just takes him away... Yeah. It, it's like, okay, cool. Like, let's get him out of here. Like, it's not... He's by far not the most annoying character that's ever been in a movie. Yeah, but it, it was a, like the one. It was that one step too far. Yeah, you know. And I like how they at least seem to kind of get it and mm-hmm. then get him out of there. Yeah, exactly. I wouldn't be surprised though if he was there because I don't know. Looking at the prosthetics they had that guy under, it probably cost some money, and they were like, yeah. well, "Let's get our money's worth out of this character. Just make <laughs> him do something funny, and then out of here." Right. But yeah, it was a little weird. I'm really happy, though, that Death comes back in the third one. And, I mean, I feel like 
when they have that heart to heart bit, <laughs> it really did feel, and it, it, it's so weird how these movies get kind of weirdly sentimental to me because when they meet their old dying selves and they say goodbye, I think that has to be like one of the most beautifully scripted <laughs> moments of 2020 because it's absurd and what they're saying makes your head hurt, but at the same time, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Because they're like, I'm sorry I didn't get to know you better after, you know, Ted has talked about how he's always awkward when he meets himself and things, and like, right. you think it's a joke, and then it becomes a thing, and then uh, with Bill, he's just like, I'm sorry all the times I let you down. He's like, no, man, you didn't do that. Like, it's just part of it. And it's like this we- weirdly heartfelt moment. That doesn't stop the movie quite dead. You think it does in the beginning. Like I was a little worried when they were like, "Hold on," and they like wanted to say bye. And I'm like, "Fuck, we're stopping." <laughs> like this is gonna this is gonna really, really land like a like a trip here. But then it, it worked out, and I think it kind of gets resonated again when they when like them and death reunite after the band breakup. And I'm like, it's so weird that, like, the Grim Reaper and these two dudes <laughs> <laughs> had a falling out that was purely like professional yeah. it wasn't like oh you you cheated me again or something yeah. it's like, I was part of the band and you kicked me out or whatever mm-hmm. and I, I think it was just like really nice seeing these three characters get together as a group again because if there's something I've noticed in these movies is like bogus journey for as perhaps lackluster it is in comparison to excellent adventure death bill and ted have an amazing chemistry like they all really click yeah and it's, do. it's fascinating that that works. <laughs> <laughs> and I think they really rekindle that in the third movie. And it's it, it makes this series as a whole to me kind of weird, right? Because you want there to be like a clear, oh, well, this one's the worst one. Yeah. And for me, I would say if I had to rate them out, it would be Bogus Journey. But the fact that they have that chemistry and that it can go into three and actually make three better really makes me reflect on two and just be like, damn it, like... I kind of want to like you the least, but you have some of my favorite parts of this. Like, and it drives me nuts. But, so, you know, to kind of put some numbers to these, you know, we talked about last week's ratings for Bill and Ted 3. I think, Amber, you had 9.5. I had 9.3. Patrick, you had 8.7. 8.2. 8.2. Sorry, I was trying to save it here. <laughs> 8.2. So, so we're kind of, we're floating on the high end of our scale, but at the same time, you know, it's a little different. If we had to add some numbers to one and two in context with three, you know, what are what are we throwing out here, Patrick? What's your ratings for one, two, and then your 8.2 for three? Um, one, I'll have to do a low nine, so say 9.3. Okay. Uh, for two, four point three maybe four point four. Okay, yeah, I really did not enjoy it. Um, as overall, as a trilogy, I'd have to put it in maybe eight point six. Okay, okay. You know, I think they recover well with three. Same. I I would totally agree that anything lost in two is totally recovered upon in three. Like without a without missing a beat, almost. I mean, three really, with the exception of the hell thing and the Grim Reaper. Yeah. It's it could almost flow as like a, a sequel to two, you know. Or I'm mm-hmm. sorry, a sequel to Excellent Adventure. Yeah. Amber, what are you what are your numbers for these 
first so, time numbers going out here. Well, the third one I said 9.5, right? Yeah. So the first one, I really enjoyed it. So definitely a 10 out of 10 for me. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then two, yeah, two was like a seven. Yeah. I think if I had to rate them, one is probably like my 9.7 movie. Okay. I mean, like it's up there. I don't yeah. know if I'd call it perfect because there are some funky things with it, but mm-hmm. it's totally like up there. Great movie. Two, I'm probably sitting more more at like 7.5 if not low 7s it's it's just watching especially like and this is something I noticed watching with you Amber was like you were just laughing at one and it was making <laughs> me like laugh again at this movie I'm like oh my god I don't know when the last time I laughed at this movie so hard was but then with two like there were some parts where you were laughing but then overall it was kind of like yeah I mean like I know it's funny but it's not the same. Yeah. And some of it did feel, I guess, a little forced. Yeah. It's like a hee-hee laugh, not a yeah. ha-ha yeah. laugh. It's like a hearty huh. Yeah. yeah. And, like, that's it. I think overall, though, I would easily give this series, like, an 8.8 to maybe 9.0 even. Like, I think it's just such a... It's, it's just so weird because it shouldn't work that way it's like other movies where the second where one of them sucks and the other two are good this one that sucks brings it all down but the way that they kind of land like stick the landing with three especially coming off of two Mm -hmm. has weirdly like retroactively made two better to me and it kind of just elevates the whole series and I don't know if there's any other movie series I've seen that does that yeah. You know, like, it really makes Bogus Journey that much better if you're going to include Bill and Ted 3 in here. Right. Otherwise, you know, 2 is pretty weak. They have great chemistry, and some of the jokes are pretty funny, especially with Death. But it's kind of like, it's like The Simpsons. When Death's not on the screen, everybody's asking, where's Poochie? So it's just kind of like, <laughs> it's not, it's not really, you know, working out on its own. And everyone else is asking why station, but um, <laughs> but yeah, so you know, any either of you guys have any other you know kind of tidbits about Bill and Ted? You know, Amber watching these for the first time. Is there anything that really like stood out to you with these that you just hadn't seen before, or anything that clicked that made you go, "Oh, that's where it came from"? <laughs> I don't know. Just that they're babies. Like they look like babies. <laughs> yeah, it's like especially baby that first Keanu one. Reeves. Yeah, <laughs> most definitely. What about you, Pat? Anything? Anything in these movies where you were just kind of like, "Oh man, I, I forgot about this," or, or you know, something that really made your brain just click on? Well, maybe. I forgot about the Missy thing. Oh my God, that's right. <laughs> yeah, that's. But see, that sensation is exactly how I felt at the beginning of three. Yeah. When they yeah. when they're like. Missy's marrying Deacon. I was like, I forgot about Missy and yeah, Deacon. And, Deacon. <laughs> and actually, interesting tidbit. I guess um, they want to do a third one, like a, maybe two years after the second one. Oh, wow. But uh, Keanu Reeves' management said, no way in hell is Keanu ever doing a Bill and Ted again. Wow. Why? Because it flopped so badly. Oh, yeah, the second one didn't okay. do well. Yeah. Um, and I guess, yeah, because... Around like 1991, shortly after this, Keanu's rebranding. Yeah, I mean he's yeah. not Ted anymore. He's, you know, doing speed and 
Matrix eventually, and you know later on he's doing John. He becomes like a, an action star or like a dramatic actor or something mm-hmm. like that. Whereas yeah. you know this, he's he's joking. He's a comedian. Yeah. yeah. I think though this, it's nice to see him do this again. Mm-hmm. Like it's also nice to just see him to know that he's capable of doing this some more, which yeah. is pretty funny. Um, and you could tell he was loving in three. You could tell he was loving every minute of being. Mm-hmm. Different timeline, Keanu Reeves. Exactly. Like, you could tell he's just <laughs> diving head first into it, and especially with his costumes. Like, I noticed that there was a pretty clear distinction. Like when they first meet, like the two years forward yeah. version, Alex Winters just kind of wearing the like flame button up shirt, yeah. and then Keanu Reeves in like full leather with like a beard, and like there's all yeah. this like stuff going on. Then when they meet him again, like he got like. A, you know, Bill's in a wig with, like, this flowing shirt and a bandana, whereas, like, Keanu Reeves is wearing a top hat, these, like, crazy <laughs> tight, like, bright-colored pants, and, like, you know, it goes again to where they're both kind of on the same level in prison, but it, you just really tell that they were enjoying the hell out of making a third one, and I'm kind of glad they did. Like, I'm glad that at least Keanu fired that manager, I don't know, got, got yeah, him out of the way either, to yeah. do this, but yeah... So, guys, I think that's going to wrap it up for Bill and Ted series here. And I, I got to admit, I'm a, uh, this might be one where I'm a little sad. I thought The Lord <laughs> of the Rings was going to do it to me. But, man, this one might make me cry. This, this was so... <laughs> I really... I forgot how much I enjoyed these movies. And just to see... To see them do justice to it with a third one. And not just do what's usually been going on. Where it's like clear cash grab filled yeah. with cameos and just winks and nudges to the audience it was like really refreshing like everything kind of filled a served a purpose we're not just we're not doing like the oh look it's death for five minutes and then he got his paycheck and walked off set we're not doing like well you remember on the second one they had kids this is just about their kids and you know alex winter and keanu reeves were there on set for maybe a day and we're just kind of rehashing the first movie but with you know their kids It, it wasn't any of that it all fit together and it was really enjoyable so, the last little bit, though, I kind of want to leave you with is our suggestions. So, Patrick, would you suggest that people watch this whole series? Yes, I would. Yep. I think it's uh, worth it. I mean, now in quarantine, hey, yeah, you can take not? a rainy rainy day. <laughs> yeah. You can watch all three if you choose to. Yeah, they're pretty short. Again, 90 minutes, 90 minutes. each. They're like, 90, mm-hmm. I think, 93 minutes at the longest, and that's yeah. bogus journey. And and you can feel those three minutes, but <laughs> <laughs> it's there. Amber, what about you? So, like in 2020, do you suggest people watch these movies? Yeah, I definitely would suggest yeah. it. And you, sh- you should take that. She's never seen this. Patrick and I are speaking from like nostalgia partially. Like Amber yeah. has never seen these movies until now. She says in 2020, watch these movies from the 80s and early 90s and today. Yeah, totally the only it. movies I will recommend uh, that you have recommended. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's kind of mean. But it's okay. I understand. And I agree. Like, I think people should watch these, if for anything, because if you like something like Stranger Things and you want to see what it really was like, or at least, you know, what it comes from, the first Bill and Ted movie is just such a, like, snapshot of, like, this is yeah. what the mall was like. This is what it was like in schools. Yep. So it's just an interesting, almost time capsule in and of itself to all this stuff and you also have like great actors in it you know it's totally worth the time but with that we will go ahead and leave you this was so what happens next small screens amber can you tell us what we're gonna have next week on the main feed next week on the main screen we'll be covering terminator dark fate 
Oh boy. Terminator. <laughs> oh boy movies. is right. <laughs> Enjoy that one. Yeah, have you seen have you seen it, Patrick? Without spoiling it, have you have you I, I have seen it, yes I have. Okay. <laughs> I I recognize that tone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the following week as a complete Hope you don't get whiplash. <laughs> we are doing a small screens episode on the CW's Nancy Drew series. That, speaking of whiplash, that's a show that's going to have plenty of it. And we'll talk about it in a couple <laughs> weeks' time. But as always, I am one of your hosts, Thomas. I'm Amber. And guesting with the most graciousness we could possibly provide <laughs> to you, our excellent brother, Patrick. <laughs> Welcome back. Thank you so much for doing this again. And you guys Thank can you. expect Patrick back. Plenty of episodes in the future. We aren't exactly stopping anytime soon, and there's always movies to watch. But we are So What Happens Next, and we hope you guys have a most excellent